0: Welcome into a Wednesday edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing fantastic at midweek. A lot to get to ahead on this episode of Locked on Cougars. Independence Week, as I have termed it, is continuing on this week. What is the future of independence in the FBS ranks? We're going to talk a little bit about that. We'll also look back in BYU football history, 1980, and some game that they have the nickname the Miracle Bowl that we'll talk about ahead on today's show. And of course, we'll catch you guys up on some other news and notes involving BYU athletics in our final segment as usual. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends over at Locked On College Football Channel, and in particular, the five conference podcasts we have. We have Locked On Big 12, Locked On Pac-12, Locked On ACC, Locked On SEC, and did I forget when, oh yeah, Locked On ACC, all available to you guys every single day covering the teams in those respective conferences. So if you have any rooting allegiances outside of BYU, would encourage you guys to check out those podcasts. They are available everywhere you get your podcast just like this one all right without further ado let's have some fun on a wednesday it's hump day this is the locked on cougars podcast for july 7th 2021 What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Of course, you guys all know that. I also work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. But what you guys may not know is I got to celebrate my mother's 60th birthday yesterday. Yes, the big 6-0. We had a big old party for her in my parents' backyard. Great time. Just wanted to, I guess, issue a public belated birthday wish to my mother. I don't know what to to say about it. Uh, My mom has been a key influence in my life and pursuing the career I have chosen in sports media she hasn't always agreed with everything I have chosen to do with my life but she's been a huge support in supporting me in whatever I do and obviously just wanted to thank my mom for the support and also wish her once again a public happy birthday but having a lot of fun along the way here on the podcast and as I kind of dubbed it on yesterday's show and if you didn't hear it you guys can go back and listen to either the Monday or Tuesday editions of the podcast and get caught up but this week we're calling it Independence week and it's a throwback to the decade that BYU has been a member of the independent ranks in FBS football there are not many independents out there I believe there are seven true independent programs in the sport of course most notably you have Notre Dame Army's right up there but they also have UMass UConn uh, New Mexico State and am I forgetting somebody else outside of BYU maybe I am but nonetheless these independents they're not all made the same obviously Notre Dame has every trapping you want as a Power 5 team without being tied into a Power 5 conference. BYU's kind of stuck in a middle ground where they're considered one of the quote-unquote big dogs, especially when it comes to scheduling for these Power 5 conferences, but they do not have the Power 5 moniker. Army, obviously being an, a service academy, has all of that notoriety as being a place where they're training young men to go out and serve in the armed forces. In that case, the United States Army to be the leaders of tomorrow's armed forces and really cool there. But then the other independent programs out there, UMass, Yukon New Mexico State, and if I'm forgetting anybody else, I apologize. Oh, Liberty, duh. Liberty's the one that just came to me. But those other four... It just screams to me that they're kind of sitting by the wayside. And what we're going to talk about here on today's show is a little bit about what I think the future of independence is in regards to the FBS ranks. We talked about on yesterday's show, and some of you may recall this. And like I said, if you haven't, I would encourage you guys to go back. Also, as I encouraged you guys yesterday, we've seen great uh, retention of our listeners. And what I mean by that is you guys have been listening in droves, plain and simple. You guys have made us a top five show across the Locked On Podcast Network in terms of the average number of shows digested, the ones you listen to every single month. Of course, I don't expect you guys to listen to all five shows each week. It'd be great if you did, but we want to see you guys. We're averaging about a 40% clip per week. So essentially, on average, a locked-on Cougars listener, a BYU fan who listens to this podcast, typically listens to just over two total shows throughout the week. So two of five. So a conversion percentage, as I term it, of 40%. I want to see that turn into 60 or even 80%. I want to see you guys add a third or a fourth show in the week. And if you can manage it, listen to all five throughout the week. I truly appreciate all of the support you guys have given us. I would encourage you guys to make sure you join us as often as you can. And really our goal here, as I'm fond and previously have said, We aim to make you guys the smartest BYU fans in the room. So jumping back into our topic here, the future of independence, I think is very much something that's up in the air, but I think it was established that a team like BYU can continue to be independent, especially with the current incoming 12 team playoff at the college football playoff level. Does a team like UConn, like a UMass really harbor ambitions of making the college football playoff in this new 12 team playoff era? No, I don't think so or they shouldn't. They can probably say that outwardly, but if they're really thinking that or believing that internally, I might have want to have a conversation with them and kind of explain the realities of their situation. But I think BYU, as I mentioned on yesterday's show, should feel very confident in sitting back and remaining an independent unless a Power 5 offer comes. But could, and this is kind of the build off of yesterday's topic, could other teams go out and follow the Notre Dame or in a small degree, BYU's uh, example and go independent, leave a conference and say, you know what, we want to go at our own. We want to have our own broadcast deal. Well, apparently one of the big dogs in the Pac-12 should consider it, and it comes from one of those prominent media voices down in the greater L.A. sports market. That'd be none other than Bill Plaschke. He's been the longtime sports columnist for the L.A. Times. He told uh, uh, the the USC podcast for 24-7 sports uh, called Tunnel Vision that USC should absolutely look into going independent, not even just look into it. They should go independent. Here's the quote. Yes, they should go independent. They don't need the Pac-12 They're." way beyond the PAC 12. I'm sorry. They don't need the Oregon state's TV rights world. They don't need to be in Washington state's orbit. They should be independent just like Notre Dame and cut their own deal. It would be huge. It would be way bigger than Notre Dame's and would be the biggest thing in college sports unquote. Okay. I have my qualms saying that'd be the biggest thing in sports, but USC absolutely could go independent. Texas absolutely could pull it off. Uh, Oklahoma absolutely could pull it off, and the funny thing is, I know that everybody's going to mention Notre Dame like Plashke did there when he's talking about why they should follow follow Notre Dame's lead and in going independent. But the one thing they should probably take from BYU is how to go about it, if that makes sense. Because BYU went from being in a conference for, what, 90-plus years of their football playing tenure to going independent. Notre Dame has always been an independent. It's not everything that they've known their entire existence as a college football program has been as an independent program. doesn't mean they haven't flirted with joining a conference, but they've never worked within a conference framework. BYU has and can be a little bit of a model. A guy like Tom Homo could stop, talk to Mike Bones who is the athletic director down the USC, if the Trojans really were interested in doing such a thing and say, okay, here was our experience. Speaking of BYU exiting the mountain West and going independent. Tom Homo has acknowledged there were multiple challenges in getting BYU to where they're at a decade after going independent. And I think a program like a USC or a Texas or an Oklahoma or a Clemson, should they ever decide that they want to go independent, they'd be well served to make a call to Provo, Utah to talk with Tom Homo and say, okay, Mr. Homo, we want to know how you guys went about this. What were the pitfalls? What were the positives of going independent? What were the negatives? What did you guys learn along the way in terms of getting scared? Schedule set up. How long will it take for us to get things ramped up? And let's be honest, USC, every school and their dog, if they were to go independent, would be jumping on USC schedule as quickly as possible. And I'm sure BYU would pursue a long-term deal similar like they've pursued with Notre Dame in the past, in terms of getting a deal with USC. Could the Trojans go out and get a scheduling agreement a la Notre Dame with another conference? Maybe the Pac-12, maybe the Big 12? Sure. I think BYU should pursue that. But I think that BYU could be a framework as an independent program who did make the transition from being a conference, a proud conference member for many, many years, nine decades plus of playing conference style football to jumping into independence. They can be a case study for what to do, what not to do, and obviously a guy like Mike Bone or any other athletic director out there who is considering such a move, if they were serious about it, they'd be well served, as I mentioned, to call Tom Homo and say, Tom, what did you guys do, what can we learn from and how can you help us as we make this transition? Do I think that college football independence is going to be a future kind of hot topic? It could. Uh, If the next round of TV negotiations are not to the liking of some of the bigger programs, some of the quote-unquote blue bloods of the sport, Like a USC, if the Pac-12 negotiations don't go well, they may seriously consider it. Mike Bone has previously said that, quote, everything's on the table, according to Ryan Abraham in 24-7 Sports. Of course, he runs USCfootball.com, one of the foremost authorities on USC and the Trojans. There's no reason to believe that USC couldn't pursue it, couldn't have success doing it. But I would truly believe that BYU should be one of those teams that they call up and say, okay, BYU, what did you learn from? How can you help us out as we make this transition to being an independent? Do I think it's something that's imminent? Absolutely not. I think USC is going to always kind of flex their muscle, make sure they reassert themselves as the quote-unquote dominant team in the pack. But I do think that at some point, if it doesn't go well in terms of money and all the revenues that they're looking at, if it doesn't add up to what they think they should be making and they feel like they can make more as an independent BYU absolutely could be a help as they make the transition to potentially going independent and if they did that I think you'd see other programs it only takes one really to tip it and make it a quote unquote in vogue type of style one program the caliber of USC to go independent I think you'd see five, six, seven other big dog programs really say hey this is something we need to look into Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe I'm up in the night, but feel free to comment on it. You can follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at LockedOnCougars. Feel free to reach out anytime via email. That's LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. Coming up next, though, we look back in BYU football history. One of those seasons in the nine decades that BYU was a conference member. Talking about 1980. Yes, Jim McMahon is on the way. Today's show, though, is brought to you in part by our good friends over at Online, folks. They are the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season in full swing. The NBA playoffs underway. Uh, not the NBA playoffs, the NBA finals are underway, excuse me. This race to the Stanley Cup is coming near its end, but everything you guys might want to bet on regardless of whatever the sport might be. Futures in college football and NFL football, UFC, MMA, golf, no matter what your interest is, Bet Online has the odds, the prop bets, whatever it might be available to you guys. Head to the website now betonline.ag. You can sign up for Free there. And also, while you're there, take advantage of our special welcome bonus that Bet Online is offering to all of our listeners right here on Locked On Cougars. It's a 50% welcome bonus. 5 0. Yes, 50% of whatever you deposit the first time added in is free money to play with on Bet Online's online resources. So take advantage of it now. All you got to do is use the promo code LOCKED ON when you make that first deposit, and you'll get that 50% welcome bonus added right there into your account. Take advantage of it now. Bet Online. Is your online sportsbook expert? What if I were to tell you guys that BYU, across a two-season span, won a grand total of 23 and two. Okay, we're not talking about 1983 to 1984, that we'll talk about that in a future episode, but we're talking about the span between 1979 and 1980. You had two different quarterbacks, both of which who went on to win Super Bowls, leading BYU in these seasons, but they only suffered two losses in a two-year stretch. Just an absolutely phenomenal two-year run for BYU, and it's obviously amidst a five-year run that's probably unrivaled in many programs what BYU did from 1979 in 1984. We're talking about 1980 today on our 100 seasons of BYU football countdown right here on Locked On Cougars. And BYU finished off, as we talked about on yesterday's show, 1979, with a disappointing loss in the second annual Holiday Bowl, losing to Indiana 38-37. to Well, they came into 1980 with Mark Wilson off to the NFL, and Jim McMahon, who had been all whack in 1978, he assumed control for the first time as quote-unquote the guy in Provo as the starting quarterback for the BYU football program. And it kind of started weird. BYU goes to New Mexico to open their season in a conference tilt and suffers a loss 25-21 to 21 to New Mexico. Obviously, you don't want to start your season that way. And I really think, just based on what I have read about 1980, that got BYU rocking and rolling. From there on, they did not lose again in the season. September 13th, they came home for their first home game against San Diego State on ABC, took down the... Aztecs for the second straight time, by the way, on network television, 35 to 11. Then they went to Wisconsin, played this game in Camp Randall Stadium for the first time in program history, beat the Badgers, of course, members of the Big Ten, 28 to 3, followed that up with back-to-back home wins over Long Beach State, 41 to 25, and obviously pummeling Wyoming 52 to 17. Then BYU went for their first rivalry game of the season at Utah State and Romney Stadium, put up 70 points in a 70 to 46 route also on ABC. So two network television games for BYU this season, both of them big time wins for BYU. Then they traveled to Hawaii a le- week later, finally entering the national rankings, by the way. So they had run up a five and one record, finally entering the national rankings on October 25th, 1980, at Hawaii as the number 19 team in the country. They beat the Rainbow Warriors 34 to 7. The following week, they put up one of the biggest beatdowns in program history. I believe i believe. I believe at the time, and it might still be the biggest in terms of margin of victory in program history, UTEP came to Provo and was summarily beaten. 83-7. 83-7. to 7. You heard that right. 83 points for BYU. Absolutely laying it on. 12 touchdowns in a route over the Miners as the number 17 team in the country. After that, North Texas State came to Provo, were dismissed 41-23. to 23. And Then following that, also taking down Colorado State, 45-14. to 14. So entering late November, BYU is sitting pretty at number 13 in the country. Then they went to Utah at Rice Stadium on November 22nd. Decided, you know what? We're enough dealing with you guys in Utah in close games and just went out there with Jim McMahon pointing to the scoreboard famously in this game winning the game 56 to 6 the story goes that Jim McMahon was being heckled by some Utah fans during the game as it was a rout he's on the sidelines fans are heckling him all he did was turn and point at the scoreboard obviously at that point a completely lopsided score on the scoreboard and people say that's the origination of the quote unquote scoreboard uh, celebration or whatever it might be I have no way to corroborate that, but it's a famous story all the same. And then BYU finished off the season going to UNLV, the number 12 team in the country taking on the Re- the Rebels at the time at the Las Vegas Silver Bowl, winning that game 54-14. to So they finished the regular season with 11 wins and one loss. They're ranked number 12 in the country. And as they get ready for their fourth trip to the Holiday Bowl, no, third trip to the Hol- Holiday Bowl, excuse me, in 1980, the Cougars are still looking for their first bowl win in program history. And that's where we're going to spend most of the time today, talking about a game that has the nickname the Miracle Bowl. Many of you probably remember this game, probably have watched it in its entirety. But be what you made the trip to San Diego Stadium, Jack Murphy Stadium at the time, for the Holiday Bowl. Taking on number 19 SMU, and this was a huge game. As I mentioned, BYU nationally ranked number 14. A game of number 14 against number 19 in the Holiday Bowl. Man, the fact that this was not on national television is an absolute shame. And it's probably a big reason why many people kind of overlook it when they talk about some of the greatest games in college football history. But nonetheless, BYU fans who were in attendance, my father included, my grandfather actually as well, they were treated to one of the all-time classic games in college football. Football history BYU was down late in this game and they rally with 23 points in the final three minutes by the way uh many of you probably have played the NCAA football game I don't remember what version it was but I remember playing it and it had great moments in college football history you had Great games against college football history where you had to go out and try and uh, recreate what had happened in these situations. They actually had the 1980 Holiday Bowl for BYU where you had to somehow come up with requisite points to beat SMU late in this game with just over, I think, three minutes of game action remaining. I can tell you this much. I tried time and time again to see if I could pull it off. I couldn't. It was as improbable a victory for BYU as any out there. But BYU pulled it off, finishing it that season 12-1, and ranked number 12 in the final AP poll. The coaches poll had the Cougars at number 11. Just one of the absolutely incredible seasons in BYU football history. And Jim McMahon obviously making good on the all-conference honoree that he was in 1978, going out there and resetting the record books in 1980 with Doug Scoville as his offensive coordinator. Coordinator. It really looks back. You look at 1978, it was just a blip in the radar for BYU as they just, for whatever reason, uh, that Wally English uh, dalliance they had for the one year just did not work out. Jim McMahon was only a junior leading BYU to that first uh, bowl win in program history became an all-time legend. There are all kinds of stories about BYU and Jim McMahon's exploits around campus. If you're a BYU fan, you don't have to go very far to find one or two of them. Actually, Jim McMahon is a GFOP as I like to call him. He's been on this podcast. We talked about the holiday bowl, the 40 year anniversary last December. If you wanted to go back and find that episode, we had a great chat and really, I think we need to get him back on the Joe here, relatively quickly, probably to talk about his time just playing at BYU overall. He did mention some of that in that conversation we had about the Holiday Bowl, and let's <laughs> just put it this way: Jim McMahon, he's a legend in more ways than one in Provo, and in some cases, in some people's eyes, for all the wrong reasons, in other pe- piece- people's eyes. Like myself, a legend for many of all the right reasons in some cases. But you know what? That 1980 season will never be forgotten for BYU just because of what they accomplished. And like I said, this is a four-year, excuse me, a four-year, a five-year stretch, unlike many others out there for BYU and any other college football program, if we're being honest. Because the way BYU went about setting the record books in the NCAA on fire, essentially resetting the records every single year. You didn't see it very often. And that 1980 Holiday Bowl almost was a perfect uh, capper to a season the BYU would not soon forget. And funny enough, it was almost the perfect uh, follow up. You obviously run up a perfect regular season record in 1979, get disappointed in that Holiday Bowl loss. You go out and lose your season opener in New Mexico in 1980, and then just reel off you, by the way, 12 straight wins to finish off that year. In a way, it was almost the perfect uh, comeback. For BYU coming off 1979 and 1980 just absolutely incredible so the first 56 minutes of that 1980 holiday bowl uh, the Pony Express as they called themselves the SMU team that had both Eric Dickerson as well as Craig James as their famed halfback tandem they led 45 to 25 late in the game with just over four minutes left in the game and then Jim McMahon famously told the offensive staff to go do certain anatomically incorrect things to themselves when they actually send the punt team onto the field. He forced the punt team back off the field and said, if you know what, you're going to give up, you know what, screw it. I'm going to go out and win this game. And he rallied BYU to that victory. Clay Brown going up and getting that Hail Mary with no time remaining to lift BYU to the victory. Just absolutely incredible as they win that game 46-45. to it's one of those games, if you have not watched it in its entirety, or if you have not watched the epic comeback, you can really just fast forward. Go to YouTube, look up Miracle Bowl. there be 15 million different versions of it. Watch the final four minutes and change of that game, and watch what BYU did to come back. It's just absolutely incredible that Hail Mary, man. One of the greatest, if not, I'm okay. It's actually not one of, I believe it's the greatest play in BYU football history, honestly. Clay Brown leaps over like four or five SMU defenders, it seems like, hauls in the pass, and you can just see the players freaking out as they celebrate that touchdown. They scored 21 points, speaking of BYU, in the final two minutes and 33 seconds. McMahon completed 23, uh, th- excuse me, not 23, 32 of 49 passes. That's a dyslexic moment on my part. 446 yards. He shared MVP honors with SMU's James for the game. Uh, SMU had 25 first downs and 446 yards. BYU had 23 first downs and 444 total yards. Very evenly matched game and BYU wins it by 1.46 to 45. So as I mentioned, one of the all-time games in BYU history, one of the all-time games in college football history. And like I said, a shame that you had two top 20 teams on what was it? Regional TV. Mizlu, I think, was the network it was on. It should have been on national television. That game just a legendary, legendary game. And obviously, that's a memorable one as you win your first uh, first bowl game in program history with Jim McMahon. Uh, really becoming the general that many believe him believed he could be and obviously proved to be in 1980 and obviously going into his senior season in 1981 we'll talk about 1981 tomorrow what did Jim McMahon and the Cougars hold in reserve as they looked towards another season and obviously trying to rack up a bevy of more wins we'll talk about that on tomorrow's show coming up next though we'll wrap up today's show with everything else you need to know as a BYU fan here at midweek we'll catch you guys up on some other news and notes involving the Cougars before we get to that though Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends over at Rock Auto. Obviously, any of you who have taken care of your vehicles know how expensive it can be. That's where Rock Auto comes in, guys. They want you to save time and also money when using Rock Auto. You don't have to go to the chain store, have a guy pull stuff up on his computer and say, Well, I have X, Y, and Z parts. Which one do you want? You can go to Rock Auto, use your own computer, find all the parts from hundreds of manufacturers, search by specification, search by price, and customize the experience to yourself. That is what Rock Auto is all about. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for their vehicles for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer, and by the way, they're shipped directly to your door. It's a great, great service, guys. I have used them. I would encourage you guys to use them yourselves. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for all of your auto part and also body needs. They have every part, literally under the sun. New carpet, new fuel pumps, new uh, rearview mirrors. No matter what you need, Rock Auto's got it. Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck make sure you write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you or you can also write locked on cougars if you want to make it a little more specific but check them out amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need that's rockauto.com Folks, today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends over at Built Bar. They are the best tasting protein bars ever, and they have one of their best bars they've ever created on sale for this week only. Grasshopper cookie flavor. It is utterly phenomenal. I have already placed my order for a new box of them. They sent me a sample box uh, probably three weeks ago. I'm not gonna lie. I don't think I even got out of the week before they were all gone. They are simply just incredible. They have 150 calories, 17 grams, packed full of protein, whey protein nonetheless, and just 5 grams of sugar. It is Built Bar's version of the classic Thin Mint cookie. All the flavor without all of that sugar and all the other bad stuff that comes with actually eating the cookie. Take advantage of it now or go check out all the different options available to you guys now at Built.com. They've got flavors like I enjoy Cherry Barcia, Mint Brownie, Cookies and Cream. One of my all-time go-tos is the Orange chocolate, guys. It's absolutely incredible. Go and order your Built Bars now. The macros are incredible. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from just 130 calories up to 180 at the top. Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar. Only 5 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors. They taste like a candy bar. They are unlike any protein bar that I have ever had. Get to Built Bar now. And by the way, Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So you're supporting Team USA say when you support built bar built.com right now use the promo code lock 15 while you're there to save 15% off your next order you heard that right 15% off your order using the promo code locked 15 l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 take advantage of the offer now get to built.com and get the best tasting protein bars ever All right, folks, before we go here on a Wednesday, let's talk a little bit about our countdown as we get closer and closer to the start of the 2021 football season. We are under two months away. We are officially 59 days away as BYU and Arizona prepare to do battle down there at Allegiant Stadium to kick off the 2021 season. I am looking forward to it. I know many of you out there are looking forward to it as well. Should be a fun, fun game. That brings us, as we wrap up today's show, to our player countdown. Number 59 on the roster currently is John Nelson, a six foot four, 260 pound freshman from Spanish Fork, Utah and Salem Hills High School. I really like John Nelson's game. He's not necessarily the world's greatest athlete. I I, I I don't mean to be rude about that, but what I love about John Nelson is the fact that he will give you every ounce of ability he's got on the field. And he does have great size for the position. This is a guy who is a relative of Porter Gustin. Many of you probably remember that name uh, was a guy that BYU considered signing his, his sister. Speaking of Porter Gustin, Lauren Gustin is a standout forward for the BYU women's basketball program junior college transfer. Well, John Nelson is their cousin and he comes from a long line of football players. John is not as physically gifted as, as I think Porter, was, but nonetheless, he has great size. 6'4", 260 pounds. He figures, in my opinion, eventually to become what uh, Zach Daw was for the BYU football program. And obviously, many of you probably have seen on the roster, BYU lists a defensive end position and an opposite end position on their defense amongst 18 other positions. I have my own druthers with how many positions BYU lists, but that's neither here nor there. I'm not talking about that today, but John Nelson, I think, is eventually if he achieves to what I think he can achieve, he can become the Zach Daw type of player, where he probably plays about 270-280 pounds on that six-foot-four frame and becomes that true uh, run-edge setting defensive end for BYU. If you get any pass rush ability out of that, great, but his job is to work in concert with the defensive tackle and the nose tackle in BYU's defense to really set the edge and make running the ball extremely hard for opposing offenses. The opposite end position, which would be the opposite one the John Nelson, I expect will end up playing is more of the pass rush specialist. Think of Tyler Batty, another guy from Southern Utah County Pace high school. Batty's six foot five, 250 pounds, but has the athletic ability to get after the quarterback when he's healthy. John Nelson is a guy who I think is going to be a true run edge stuffer. A guy who, if he gets any pass rush ability that he can add, it's a great great compliment to what he's expected to do in BYU's offense. So we are now just 59 days away from BYU football kicking off the season and obviously today is happy John Nelson day Uh, best of luck to him by the way as a freshman this year upcoming he'll obviously be buried on the depth chart I would expect early on but if he continues to improve and show what he did at Salem Hills by the way a true do-it-all athlete for the Skyhawks if he proves he's got any capability of uh, potentially being an impact player as a freshman, I know BYU staff will not be hesitant in putting him out there on the field. Obviously Preston Hadley, a new uh, position coach for BYU's defensive ends. Guy like John Nelson's got to be looking at it saying, I've got an opportunity here to go prove to a coach that I should be playing as a true freshman and if he achieves that, that means he very much has overachieved Jake Hatch's expectations for him as a true freshman so once again happy John Nelson to you happy John Nelson day to all of you and also to John Nelson as we draw closer and closer to the start of the 2021 football season for the BYU Cougars all right that is going to do it for this Wednesday edition of the podcast a big thank you once again for your continued support as always feel free to reach out anytime you guys need anything by emailing us locked on BYU at gmail.com love hearing from you guys and hope you guys have a great day whenever you hear this now before i go a reminder for you guys now to go listen to locked on today and get caught up on everything else going on in the sports world at large 20 minutes or less it's available on whichever podcast provider you're listening to this podcast on so check that out all right this has been the locked on cougars podcast for july 7th 2021 and we will talk to you guys tomorrow